0: Hey, thanks for coming back. Here we are at week eighteen of our investigation to Rabbenu four kitot of the four groups that do not merit greeting the divine presence. So we have this week and next week to finish up lashon hara. Those who tell, who slander Rabbenu going to work hard at defining the group this week. We'll see a lot of that next week. We'll talk about more information we're not allowed to spread and things we're not allowed to say. And then the last time, the twentieth, our twentieth meeting together. We'll talk about um, information we should spread that you might think of as Lush hara, and then we'll just kind of wrap up an understanding of what these four kitot I think, are meant to teach us. And I haven't said this enough, but if there are things in here that are unclear that you'd love to uh, pursue further, so my email address is grothst at gmail.com. My first initial, six, first six letters of my last name, Gidon Rothstein, grothst at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and hash some of these stuff out further. Last time we were talking about negative information. We spoke about negative information that was false, negative information that was true right those were all the Shanhara that was obvious. Ravinion is going to um, is going to expand our sense of what counsels the shaharan. remember counsel the shaharan not just just the fact that it is or isn't uh, information we shouldn't spread but even more so whether it counts to be among those people who do not merit reading the divine presence, which is it seems like in his uh, construction of the third shahr, the worst punishment that one could receive. So he says the third type of a, of, of a, of a shanhara Hara person is a Haleich Rachil. Strikingly, he doesn't um, actually define what it means to be a Haleich Rachil. We'll see what he means. He means people who spread information that's not specifically negative, but that others will take it as negative. But he didn't quite say it. He's a Haleich Rachil. And then he quotes the verse in Vayikra that says, We are not allowed to spread tales and news in our among our nation. And then he says, It's also And this person is among those who count as spreaders of Lashonara. Now, the reason why, we don't understand yet why he's so busily spreading it, because we don't quite necessarily know what Rikilut is. So he gives an example. The Gemara talks about Doeg. And the Gemara is about uh, Doeg Adomi, who was advisor of Shaul's, who, Shayab, Baal, Lashanar, Ras, he counts as 70 spread Lashanarah, because he told Shaul that David had gone to the house of Beitah of Achimelech in Nov, right? And that's true. And David had gone there, and David had asked Ahimelech for food and for a weapon, and Achimelech had given him Goliath's sword, and Shaul, Kills the city of Noe, but notice that Doeg, when he said something, the thing he said wasn't objectively negative. It's true, David went to Noe. It's true, they helped him out in Noe. Neither of those are negative things actually. So you could argue that it shouldn't qualify as lashon hara. So Rav point here in saying that it does is, and he first it as well. It says, "Vinezek harichiluk kadal lisporkein the damage we can cause with rechilut is hard to, to count. There's no way to account for it. There's no way to evaluate it. Because, Ki ba'olam, the person is increasing hatred in the world, adam, and you lead other people to sin. Just think about the Doeg example. It's a, really a very perfect example because Doeg leads Sho'al to sin, and really leads himself to sin, but Shaul calls for the destruction of the city of No the killing of all of the Kohenim in Noe. Now, it's not actually true that uh, the Doeg said something negative, and yet by spreading true and not negative information, what you might have thought of as innocent information, Doeg leads to this terrible thing, and it leads to R' quotes a verse in by it can fuel hatred, even though, again, it's not itself the kind of information that should do so, but we can't account for other people. And now Rabbi has a digression that I think is very relevant to our times and very important to think about and, and, and to notice and remember that it's in the framework of Rihilut. He says, He says, <laughs> the world survives with peace. And this is something he quotes, it's a Bishnam right? But it's something that I confess, I didn't think about nearly as much as I should have uh, suddenly when I was younger and suddenly at other times it was more taken for granted. The idea of peace that he means here is that people get along with each other, even if they disagree with each other, even if they disagree vigorously with each other but they managed to get along with each other. Now, at the end of today's talk, of today's year, we'll see that Radio will bring up the idea there are people we're supposed to stand up against, too. That's a challenge. But the the overall, the overriding value of peace is not to be diminished, not to be minimized. He says hatred leads to the destruction of lands, destructions of peoples, of, of settlements. He says a lot of times of uh, the rachiel, who's just spreading information gives information to somebody else who will then use it to decide to kill somebody else or decide to destroy somebody else. The people are just spreading information among you and it's going to lead to killing. Meaning, really what's going to happen is you hear information, information might annoy you, know, you might upset you, you can talk about it, you can not talk about it, you can be upset with each other, but unfortunately it gets worse. And he quotes be in Peah, where the Khazal say that Rechilut is, is, is the, it's called a triple language because it kills three people, the person who says it, the person who accepts it, and the person who whom it was said, like the issue with doing, right? Doing just spread any. Hey. So Rebignone in paragraph 223 says that the Gemara Nida says about Rechilut, even though you can't accept it and you can't hate somebody because of it, but, and this is one of the kickers, but you shouldn't completely ignore it either because yeah. it might be true and therefore it might affect you and it might be information that you need and that will uh, shape how you act in the world. So that, and then the, and the, the, the Yushalmi and Peya as well says, draws a comparison. It says the generation of Shaul, they would go to war, they would lose. The generation of Ahab, remember Ahab is the king in the time of Eliyahu and Elisha a little bit, and he's a terrible king, and his wife is terrible, and they worship idols, and they do all these terrible things. They kill innocent people. They do all these terrible things. But when they went to war, they used to win. Why is that? Yushalmi says, and I think it's a very important lesson for us to try to remember, and I think we live in a time. So I live a little bit in America, a little bit in Israel. I, I made Aliyah, and I'm happy that I live in Israel, I also in America, in both places. I think many, many people have forgotten this, especially people who are otherwise striving for the kinds of values that we should strive for. The generation of Sheol, who by and large kept the Torah as the idea, but they would tattle on each other. They didn't worry about each other. They didn't care for each other. And since they were willing to bear tails against each other, like Doeg and also like the Zephims, the Zephyr people also, Dabit is hiding among them. And they go to Shoal or sighting in the desert. And they go to Shoal and they say, oh, is here. Right. So that idea, taking information that need not. Now, the the, the, the challenge here, and it's not, not a challenge. It is a challenge. The challenge here is you can imagine the Zephyrs telling themselves. You can imagine Doeg telling himself, I don't understand. Shoal is the properly anointed king of the Jewish people. The properly anointed king of the Jewish people has decided that David is a threat to him and David needs to be uh, punished or hurt or destroyed for his sins. It's my job to support the king, right? So the temptation always is that we're doing something good, not always, but often, is that we convince ourselves we're supposed to be doing this. Everybody is taking the position they should have known. And I think the reason they should have known, but I didn't live through it. So I'm not judging them. I'm just trying to understand Rebaniyona's judgment of them. I believe it's tradition's judgment of them. Is that it should have been known that Shaul wasn't fully himself. And that Shaul's fixation on David was A, unjustified. And B, perhaps not really coming out of, of, a, of, a, of a well-thought-out place. And therefore, and this is, I think, what David says to Avner at some point. Well, wow, because he, talked, he he berates Abner for not having protected the king properly. I think the theory is that when you have a king who's not acting as the king should, so there's not really a, 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 a um, an idea of rebellion in Jewish tradition as far as I can tell. But the idea that you don't obey the king on those issues, I think is clear. So I think Rebidion is saying that Doeg and the Ziphim, people of Ziph, had ample reason to know. They should not be participating in this. They should not be cooperating with this. Certainly not should be fostering this. Therefore, when they share the information, they're sharing information that shouldn't have been shared. Now, I am a firm believer, I know I grew up in the world, I remember even as a high school student still wondering about there's this code, right? You don't tell the faculty, you don't tell the school about things that happen. But sometimes those things need to be known. You know, if somebody, if God forbid, you know, some kid hurt another kid in some way. You wouldn't say, well, the code is we to tell on things like that. So that's the question here. Mignone is saying that the generation of Shoal, they were busily revealing information they should not have. Now, should and should not is a hard thing. I just recently read an article by a Torah scholar. The Torah part of the article was fine, but he, it's all based on a political judgment that he pretends is not a political judgment. So it, it ruins the whole article at the beginning. But he starts the article by saying, you know, if this was politically true, then I wouldn't even bother writing the article. But clearly it's not, so therefore this. And it reminded me many years ago, I saw a video back when I used to watch, you know, videos in a video machine. So I saw a video, a Tisha B'Av Kido video. In the middle of Tisha Kido, whoever the rabbi was, who was a well-known rabbi, he said, you know, I'm not going to be political, it's Tisha B'av, But everybody knows that the Oslo Accords were a complete failure, right? So it's, it's, it's when we fool ourselves and think we're not being political, we'll lead ourselves to do this. We'll say, oh, no, we should share this information. But you know what Time of shalom. They clearly should have known. Doik should have known that wasn't information to share. The Zephim should have known that was information to share and they shared it. And that was true, he thinks, of the... Not he. That's the, the Yushalmi and Paya is saying that was true of the generation. And because of that, they would go to war and Hashem would not help them win. They would go to war and they would lose at the war. That's what he's saying. Even though otherwise... They were largely good. They were largely doing what they were supposed to. As opposed to, But the, in the generation of Achab, they didn't share. Now, you could say they just kept all kinds of secrets. Meaning, I don't think any of us think it would be good if the uh, mafia, if there is such a thing, right? If the Cosa Nostra in the in the books, right? If they keep secrets, and so therefore people get killed. And nobody knows who killed them. And nobody knows where the bodies are buried. I don't think we mean that. I don't think Ravidiona means that. The Gravityona means that there's information that we should all know shouldn't be shared. There's no reason to share it. And therefore, so the generation of Achav, they wouldn't share it. How do you know? Because Achav or Yzebel goes chasing after Nevi. Right? Izevil wants to kill all the prophets. So she's chasing after them. And Ovadia hides them. He hides a hundred prophets and he feeds them and he supports them. And later on, he says that to. Eliyahu, and he says, you know, you, you, you got to say you can't hurt me because I'm trying to be a good guy. But the point of the Yushalmi is that nobody told Yisrael. Right? Yisrael wants, to wants to find the prophets. Nobody tells him. Shaul wants to find David. People tell him. That's the difference. And because of that, when they went to war, they would win. Even though Acham and his whole generation were ovde avodahs are So that is a key point is making. Now, it's true about about tail-bearing, but I think is also focused on the broader idea of the shalom issue. And I think this is a very important, you know, in democracies today, I just think more and more, and certainly America, certainly Israel, there's, and I think this is unfortunately two-sided. And I think one side has borne more of the brunt of it for a while, and therefore they're probably trying to, uh, they're they're trying to get back to the middle, they think, but they're really trying to go further, and they're leading to a great deal of, internal conflict. And I think that the value is supposed to be from every side of the puzzle. I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. There's lots of times when the people I think are wrong are however more invested in a civil society. And in that sense, they're more right. So I think the idea that Rebignion is bringing about from tailbearing and Rechilut is the idea that as we speak, we shouldn't be revealing information that fuels hatred, that fuels other people deciding that so-and-so can't be trusted. So this... Because what we want is a working society and a society in which we care for each other as members of a joint society. And then within that we'll disagree about things, sometimes vigorously. sometimes we'll think that other people are doing the wrong thing. But remember they have to be doing the wrong thing and knowing and deliberately doing the wrong thing to be wrong anyway complicated. Let's go on to Yonah. because he says. <laughs> If somebody riles up people, and and you know he's not Jewish, so I can say it. People like Steve Bannon, right? Donald Trump too, but certainly Steve Bannon, and in his time, Roger Ailes, right? They were people who wanted to rile up. Now they did it for, to make money, which is even worse, right? They wanted to tear society down to make money, but they they riled up people. <speaking> Brings hatred among them. And I'm not saying it's because they're Republicans. It's not the fact they're Republicans. It's like the they're doing it for the sake of causing conflict. But Yona says, it's worse than any other kind of Lashonara. Notice, it could be, everything could, that we're saying could be true. It could be relevant information. If my goal is to get people to hate each other. So, that's the worst kind he says. That's worse than false, negative information. As the verse says in Benachim, somebody who causes hatred and, and, and internecine, maybe internecine, but internecine uh, strife, right? Uh, uh, conflict among uh, brethren, among among people in the society. The Medrash says, you want to quotes it, it's worse than anything because I, I'm sorry, it's worse than anything. That, I'm sorry, that was what he was, the quote was. And then it's worse than anything. He says, as I've told you in Share which is one of those lost sections of this larger book, Shari Tevek, that sadly we do not have. And therefore, Reniona says in 225, and that's why when people tell us something in confidence, by and large, we have to keep the confidence, even if revealing the secret, it doesn't count as meaning Rechilut, I think he's saying, is Rechilut information that will bother another person, whether it's good or bad. Here, let's imagine it's a secret that has no Rechilut to it whatsoever. Nonetheless, in revealing secrets, it damages the person who confided the secret in us, and it's a reason to, that his plan, whatever, or her plan, whatever it was, won't come to fruition. That's a problem. But, and secondly, By revealing a secret, it's Yatsami Derachat So Derachat Sniut is a very very valuable phrase for me because I worry that we often think of Sniut as a word that means how we dress. And Sniut in in Judaism means much, much more than that. How we dress is just a manifestation of it. But here, it's that if I'm going to reveal things, it's Sniut, because Sniut really means, we saw Sniut also earlier in this discussion. Sniut is really about, no. I apologize, so Sniyut is in a different shir that I'm giving around the same time about where the Gemara says that weddings and funerals should be done with Sniut as well. Not our topic right now. Here the lack of Sniut is because Sniut is doing things discreetly, uh, with discretion, uh, with the proper sense of privacy. So if somebody told me a secret, it's their secret, and I reveal it, it means I don't care about privacy. Problem. al now I want to say today in our world, unfortunately, privacy is used in the name of justifying terrible hataim, terrible sins uh, that are sins by Torah by view by the Torah view, sins for Jews, sins for non Jews. So it's unfortunately not the greatest word in the world word in the world to use. So so but here in Shniyot, it's the idea of knowing that not everything needs to be public. There are lots of things that are no, there, there are lots of things that are nobody else's business. And then also, it's that I'm ignoring what the person who shared the secret with me wants. Right? And, 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 Rabbi, and, and in Mishle, Shlomo Melech says, clearly, revealing a secret also cancels with Rechilud. Even if the information itself isn't damaging, it's Rechilud because, because that person wanted it to kept a secret. And it's Rechilud. I am sharing information. I shouldn't be sharing because they wanted it to be kept secret. So unless there's an overriding reason, and that can happen too, but unless there's an overriding reason... To, to share what they have wanted to keep secret, I shouldn't be doing it. And also, Reni says he thinks there's also, it shows that the person revealing a secret doesn't have proper control over his own desires, right? Even if it's done, it brings us to eventually do, and therefore this person counts as well since his lips are not his own to guard, that's what Ben Ona said, since this person has not control of his own lips, he counts in these four groups, and that's part of Lashon Hara. So notice our expanded version of Lashon Hara, it was negative information, it was information that damages other people, it was information that other people will use damagingly, that's what he looked, even though it's true and it's not inherently negative. Now he's saying just the fact that I talk in a way that's undisciplined, that's part of these four ketote as well. And he warns us we should be careful who we share our secrets with. We shouldn't share a secret with a person like this. Um, and 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 it's all part of this of this part of the well. And then he says we also have an obligation not to listen to Lashon Hara. And he quotes uh, the verse in the Torah, which is understood to mean that, um, and things like that. Um, also. Uh, I'm sorry, I apologize. to points out that a verse in Mishnah says, dvar sheker, if you have a ruler who's willing to listen to lies, now that's part of Lashon as well, sharing lies, if a leader does that, it will foster an environment where all of his uh, advisors will be evildoers. How does it foster an advisor all of his Because since he accepts Lashon Hara, this, this ruler or she, then all of the advisors who want to curry favor and want to get ahead, they'll find a secret about that person, a secret about that person. Meaning, if I'm in a government and I know that, you know, my next door neighbor has done ex pecadillo, that's not important really to governance. But if it gets out, we'll be forced to resign. And I reveal it because it means I'll get his job. That's Lush and Hara in this exact sense we're talking about. And the fact that the government fosters it and accepts it and is interested in it, will itself lead to people being like this. So our attitude towards information and what information is needed, what information is not needed, what information we accept, what information we don't accept, what we do with that information, all of that also shapes the characters of the people in that society and in that government. So Ben Yonah says, Ula all three of these that he's been talking about belong in this kat of Lashon Hara, in this group of people told hara that the Gabar and that we've been focusing on tells us will not merit greeting and not merit greeting the divine presence. So it's not only the falsehood, it's not only bad and evil. It's language that's used to improper purposes. Language that's used to to damaging other people and damaging society. All of that are saying all that is part of Hara. Okay, that's all Lashonara. Now we're up to the third kind of Lashonara. Now he's out of the realm of, this is already just, he likes to be thorough, but this is already out of the realm of the Katniss of Lashonara, who will not meet the, greet the divine presence. So there is, the fourth category, he says, is a Lashonara. So what's a Lashonara? He's got a few examples of Avak Lashonara. literally means the dust of Lashonara. So what would that include? So the Bermat Vabacha, Kuf Sa'mechem, Aleph says, most people in the world are tripped up by Gezel. They end up stealing things, taking things that they shouldn't take. A few or a minority unfortunately will commit sexual immorality. Arayot but everybody finds their way, unfortunately, to Avaklashara. So what is that? So one example would be that if what I do leads other people to Talashon Shinhar. And and it could be that I didn't mean it. So that would be that would be by accident. But it's still a about Hashanah. So, like, Moran Erechin on 16A he says that you shouldn't talk about the good of other people because from you talking about the good, you'll get to the bad. So, it doesn't even have to be that I'll get to the bad. I mean, I'm talking about so, and I really just be to praise them. I think they're a very good person. I'm just praising something about them. But it will lead to, in the conversation, there's like a backlash to this thing. Oh, well, but also. So, he says, the Raviniona says, it's known that from midot Naod the seveh When it comes to, you know, Torah scholars, wise people, righteous people, we think there's a deep value in praising them. Pasuket Mishle 25, 27, looking into their honor and how great they are is an honor because it teaches the rest of us how to behave better and and, and be better and, and act better. So that's a very deep value. He said, one of the things that makes a person an evildoer, so he doesn't understand the world properly, is that they don't talk about uh, the good people and praise them, right? So that's an important thing. The Rambam in, in the Parish of Mishnah, so the commentary of the Mishnah, says that one of the forms of speech that is... uh is that obligations should be done as much as possible is praising good people and the right kinds of people and knowing who to praise. Which, by the way, just if you allow me one more digression of my own, which, by the way, is a challenge, though, because a lot of people, I've heard people praise people who are seem to be good, and I think, personally, might not be as good as they seem to be, so it's not my job to speak up exactly for these reasons, but if they end up praising somebody shouldn't be surprised, so that's a challenge. So we have to be careful when we praise, but anybody who's good in doing the right thing and, and a model for other people should be praised. So what is What's the what is the Gemara of Avatah talking about if it says Lash, Avak I'm sorry, we're in Erchen talking about, if it says Avak Lashahara uh, is speaking good about a person. So you know says? You can't speak good about a person. You should only speak good about a person in small groups, in one person with another person, but not in a large group, not with many people there, unless you know that Nobody in that group has, for some reason, a hatred or a jealousy of the person, because if, let's imagine, I'm going to praise somebody who's good, very good, and we praise him in front of a thousand people, there might be somebody there who has some beef with that person and would then, you know, turn to the front and say, ah, oh, I know that guy, it's not so great, blah, blah, blah. So that's the Avak my innocent, I thought it was innocent, I intended it to be innocent. My innocent praise of this other person leads that other person to jump in with negative information, right? So that's uh, the issue, unless, Reniona says, unless it's somebody who's so well known to be good that if the other person jumps in, they never know that they're an idiot. And they'll just ignore him. They don't have to worry about the situation because they're so... You know, imagine somebody wants to praise the finds the Hara in public and somebody else is going to jump in with some negative information. So what? No, we don't have to worry about it. But most people aren't in that level of security in their social standing. And therefore, that would be Ravak In 227, Ravak Yon says, here's another example, of Lashar All earlier in that Gemara Lashar it talks about... Um, Somebody's saying, oh, you need coals? Go to so-and-so's house. They always have a fire burning because they're, they're roasting meat all the time. Now, the time of the Gemara roasting meat was a very expensive proposition. Very expensive proposition. Very expensive proposition. So if somebody roasting meat all the time, what you're saying is they're extravagant, they're gluttonous, right? But you're not saying it. You're just saying, oh, you want some coals, you want some fire, they have fire. That's a Lashanara. I'm not really saying the negative thing and I don't put it in a negative context, But I'm slipping it in there. Another example along the same lines is the Pesach Mishnah 27 says, If I praise somebody else too publicly and too loudly, it can be seen as a curse. And the Guernherkin says, let's imagine I went to somebody's house as a guest. And I come back and I say, oh, that was the best night ever. I got, you know, sat in sheets and the food was great. So what's going to happen? Everybody's going to try to get there. So that's Avak Hashanara, not in the sense that I'm saying something negative about them, but I might be causing them damage with my inno- seemingly innocent, positive words. So that's also examples of this. And now, as the last piece of today's discussion, next time we'll get up into Nevelut This is just ways we shouldn't talk. It's not quite the Hashanara, it's ways we shouldn't talk. But we'll talk about that, that'll be our focus next time. So for the last piece of this time, Benyona says, V'ata. He said, I want you to be careful. You've got to pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. I'm telling you, I've told you before, that when it comes to sinners who are public sinners, if you know this person is a sinner and he's not, or she is not leaving their way. Maybe with, with sinners, we're always supposed to think, God willing, and maybe, fortunately, they've left their path of sin, right? But uh, let's say we know they haven't, or we know this person acts in public in a negative way, or they tell Hashanara, or they didn't return uh, something they stole, um so he says, even with such people, where there is room to speak negatively about them, the people who act properly, I mean darkham, first speak to the sinner and they try to, to remonstrate they try to see if they can find a way to get the sinner to return to God. And if he refuses to or she refuses to, then they tell the public about it. Right? So uh so Radiona says, so imagine if we know something about somebody else and we see that this person has committed a sin. And we just decide to demigrate We decide to talk about it. So that already leads us to be considered plausible candidates as Mishap Reh Lasham people are telling negative information for no good reason, because people will say, you know, hey, first of all, people will say maybe it's not true. Secondly, they'll say, but why didn't he first talk to the person about it? They may not know that he did So the Gemara in says on 15b, If people know that you did say it to the person, then you're better okay. If you first remonstrate with the person, or if the person we're talking about is well-known in public as an evildoer, and there's no way to do anything about it, so that also will be a reason why you can tell these things. So, in today's discussion with Rikilut and information that... uh, clearly the information that's either not negative or negative but deserves to be spread, we see some of the difficulties. If it's not negative, but other people will use it negatively, it's our responsibility to be careful about that information as well. So when it comes to spread information, we're, we're closing in on realizing Lush and Hara is about being careful with what information we share, making sure that it has a necessary purpose if it's going to produce any kind of negatives for people, and to remember that a deep goal of... Of Judaism, a deep belief of Judaism is the world does best when people are at peace with each other, when people fundamentally like each other and get along with each other and are able to tolerate each other and live with each other and using our language and using our information to hurt that hurts all of us and hurts all of society. And that's been our lesson of becoming part of, or avoiding becoming part of the katim, so we can again, uh, continue on our goal and successfully, Merit, greeting divine presence. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time for discussion of other kinds of language we should not use. Be well.